0: Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones.
1: Welcome to the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Karen Briscoe is the author of Real Estate Success in Five Minutes a Day: Secrets of a Top Agent Revealed. Amazon ranks the book in the top one percent of its category. Karen is also the creator of Five Minute Success Series, a combination of information and inspiration delivered through memorable stories. The daily format with a takeaway to get into action propels one to achieve success at a higher level. Karen is the principal owner of the Huckabee Briscoe Conroy Group with Keller Williams. The HBC Group has been recognized by the Wall Street Journal as one of the top 250 realtor teams in the United States. Welcome to the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Lori,
0: this is a delight. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, thank you. I'm excited to chit-chat today, not only because of your very, very vertical expertise in the real estate Industry, but also leadership in general. Let's back up for a second. Talk to us about what it was, what brought you to, you know, that epiphany that brought you to writing the
0: book. Well, it's often happens when people achieve a high level success in their profession, people ask you how you do it, and success leaves clues. And I'd been doing training and coaching on a pretty high level. And it I felt that personal and business development is a key component to achieving success and, and my success that I've achieved. And yet I found people said they didn't have time uh, to read either for business or personal development. and i I'm like, well, do you have five minutes a day? And and that, everybody's like, yes, yeah, so of course I have five minutes a day. And I was like, really, if you invest five minutes a day, you can achieve a high le- higher level of success. And that's where the idea came of what I call peanut butter and chocolate, bringing together the genre of a business book, along with the format style of a daily reader some people, you know, like an inspirational or right. religious literature, right? There you have the the daily reader. And so I put the business material and success material in that format. And so also what's been found is when you focus on one thing, you're more likely to remember it and be able to integrate it. Much of books are, you know, tsunami-like, right? right. So it's like too much information. Where do I stop? I, You know, I, and and how do I implement it into my business in life. And so this is set up so every day there's a application story takeaway that then people are more likely to remember and put into practice. How
1: long did it take you to develop all these applications, you you call them the breakfast of champions, uh, and each one is you know one a day. How did you compile in th- in all the information and, and ultimately uh, know that it would be a great way to push out detail that truly people could take in and learn from?
0: Well, I've been writing a blog since 2009, and I had a voice. In many of the my blogs had gone to top sites, predominantly in the real estate industry, but I felt like I, I had a voice. And I also had received feedback from when I was speaking and coaching that my stories were memorable, they were sticky. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, you could have information and you could have uh, inspiration, but if it doesn't transform, if it doesn't do anything, then, you know, it just is basically entertainment. So, the idea is that that information inspiration together would then compel people to actually take action or to, you know, implement something into their business mm-hmm. and life. So they i started it in october or started focusing on writing it in october of 2015 so it was uh, then about nine months, literally, to the day. So I was like, it's, I birthed my book. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and, and and it is like having having another whole uh, aspect to my, my identity. I'm a mother of two, and so this is now I'm a mother of two in a book. And, <laughs> the, <laughs> and my, my book just celebrated its birthday in oh. August. Yeah, and it wanted a, a podcast for its birthday. so. Oh. Now there's a five minute success podcast and often happens, you know, that these things come out of ideas and that is what this is, has taken place. So even though every day is different though, in the book, it does have a structure and format. My book developer was like, yeah, I, I understand why you like the randomness of every day being different because that uh, appeals to salespeople who are you know, often very distracted by the next, you know, shiny object or we call it the squirrel center.
1: And I think that that happens for all salespeople, right? Um, Yeah. And in the book, you talk about the commitment to get leads. Can you elaborate on that for us? Well,
0: so that's where the structure came in. It was like there's some fundamentals to business and sales that transcend the profession. And the first one is to commit to get leads because until you have a lead, you effectively have nothing to do. And so the commitment to get leads is what I have found, operative word, I I had this young man come up to me after a training one time because I didn't know I was supposed to commit. I'm like, yeah, you got to get up every day and work on business development, prospecting, whatever you want to call it. But you've got to do something to get a lead because until you do that, you really don't have anything to do. And, That's true across industries and professions, right? My dentist doesn't have anything to do until he has a patient, and churches don't have anything to do until they have uh, parishioners. Absolutely. Right? So we're all really in the lead generation business, Lori.
1: Now, with that said, there's so many different leaders and different mindsets and different qualities out there. What leadership qualities do you feel are absolutely, positively, unequivocally necessary to succeed in today's business climate?
0: A growth mindset. I find that people that operate with a growth mindset are ones that are pursuing and achieving um, self-actualization. I had this epiphany moment where I used to think that working on myself and going to personal or business development training or events or seminars or whatever, that I was taking away from the business or from you know the people in my life. And what I found is, is that as I self-actualized as I worked on myself, everybody else's lives around me improved. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's what like, a concept. Yeah. It's like, you know, the rising tide raises all boats. And so I now have a paradigm shift about that. I'm like, well, I'm actually, you know, improving people's lives, impacting improving people's lives by improving Working on myself.
1: I love that. And of course, you address that in the book too, in, in really the third segment, which is Connect to Build and Grow, which is fantastic. Now, you've got a unique persona yourself. How would you define your leadership style and more specifically your approach to building leaders?
0: So the, back to the, you know, working on myself and on my business and personal development raises all boats. I feel like, well I'll use the analogy or the example of real estate. So in real estate, when uh, it's being used at its highest and best use, that's what we seek to achieve. And so really any piece of land can be used as as a, a dump or it could be used as a school or it could be used as a home. It has the capability, you know, in- with some limitations of course and people are the same in that they when they're operating at their highest and best use or highest and best you know value or place in their their life then they are going to be contributing at, at the highest level that they can and that is what in, as a leader I am seeking to help them realize again back to self-actualization as they are doing that then everybody is going to benefit that surrounds them.
1: That's so true. Now, you have grown not only your personal business, but your book has been a, has played an integral role in people around the nation, quite frankly, helping them build their business as well. How have you integrated your internal departments, getting everyone on the same page and singing from the same songbook?
0: Well, one of the components of the book is is success, thinking, activities, and vision. And I really think they all go together i i've had a couple of people uh share that it really once they saw that it was all three that they were operating uh, are able to achieve at a higher level so success thinking is collaborative it's the the ideas um also you know the actual action items of it the The vision is, my vision as a leader, I I use the Wayne Gretzky quote, you know, (laughs) to, to go where the market is going, right? So as a leader to help people see and to be myself, always looking to where the market is going, the industry is going, and to where we should be going, right? So we have the vision, we have the thinking and the vision, but then the activities are, you know, what is the... You're using it like an Oreo cookie. I mean, you could have both the cookies, but without the cream in the middle, it it wouldn't be an Oreo cookie, right? So you still have to do the things because I think sometimes people, oh, I have this great vision and using affirmations and, and but I'm like, okay, well, you still have to do the activities because it just doesn't. It needs to. That's what holds it together, and that's mostly what a leader brings to a team, and then the the activities that the team are are completing or following are then it you know they see it they see the whole picture uh, whereas if you just say okay do this do this do this and oftentimes that gets lost. Well,
1: it's it's um, also leading by example, right? Yes. I would not ask anyone on my team to do something that I would not do myself, and I think that um, is a visionary mindset. Uh, heck, I clean toilets around here from time to time. Not that I ask them to do that, but nonetheless, it's you know, it's it's truly walking the walk and talking the talk, um, which is very important. How I'm interested in this in how you have vision is such a hot topic again and the values and of course the mission associated along with that. Um, how have you how do you specifically keep your vision alive when you are onboarding new um, team members or reaffirming that it's still the right vision for the business? Do you have any insight there that you could share?
0: Well, about a year ago, our team met and had a off-site seminar day and had a, someone, a facilitator, lead us in our vision. And so the team arrived at the vision of impacting and improving people's lives. And we have found that, well, first of all, because it's it's our vision, and it's not just my vision, but it's right. our vision, you know, that everybody's like, okay, I. they all wanted to be a part of that. And the beauty of the vision is that we impact and improve people's lives when we work with them to buy and sell homes, which is our predominant business, is real estate, in the uh, Northern Virginia, Washington D.C. metro area. But we also impact and improve people's lives. Our, you know, our team members, our staff members, the, the co-brokers, the people that we do transactions with on a, uh, you know, in the ancillary industries. We improve and impact the client's lives, the customer's lives. And then going to the next level, the book improves and impacts people's lives. Mm -hmm. And now the podcast. So it really it again, it's really more powerful because it's our collective vision. Exactly. But the, but the, the further along we are in this journey, the more it does become apparent that it's it applies in our for us really well. And so I would say that collaboration with the team was really a pivotal point for our success.
1: And I love the fact that with your vision, uh, we impact and improve people's lives. It's internal and external. All too often, vision statements are written either with the internal-only mindset or an external-only mindset, and I think the more profound uh, and stronger ones keep both internal and external audiences um, in mind, so that's awesome. Now, you are a marketing engine. You've got your book. You've got your podcast. Tell us about the integrated approaches that you've used to elevate the brand and create awareness and maybe what has worked and what hasn't.
0: Well, it's a constantly moving because the market is just being disrupted i uh, there's a a quote by peter de that said either you either disrupt your own company or someone else will and and so it's it is a not a one and done at all that's so (laughs) Uh, true right so we use a in terms of integrated we use some of the tried and true for our industry and that is the the print related to postcards and the we do do some print media still because I find that if we pull that, then we people kind of wonder if we're still in business. There's still right. people that, that pull out the paper, the the local paper. But then we also have the social media component, which has become much more impactful over time. And we've started a charity event. Well, actually, it's been over five years now, where on a monthly basis we have a fundraiser for a local community organization or charity. Wow, a, on a
1: monthly basis. That's yes. fantastic.
0: Yes, it's, well, it's systematized, I will say. At the beginning, it, you know, it's like anything that you do once and you go, okay, how can I repeat this? And how can I become it, make it be something that can go ongoing with good systems in place? And so we have great systems in place. And so it effectively runs itself now. And we go and are there for the event, but everything else happens. But it's a wonderful way for us to integrate into our community, and they are then reaching out on our on their behalf to promote the tier, their charity organization. But we are the recognized organizers of the event, and now we're booked out all the way through over a year in advance. We have so many people that want to do the this partnership with us. The podcast and the book have taken the business to the national international level. We have people contact us from all over now with folks that are moving into the Oh, that's Northern great. Virginia, Washington, yeah. D. C. So when I wrote the book, I really did it as a, a contribution to my industry. And because I wanted to, to give back, I, you know, achieved a high level of success. And I knew other people could too. And I wanted to give back. But the reciprocity of it is, is that Because of the awareness through the book and the podcast, then people are contacting me. So it's become, you know, part of the marketing platform for the company, even though it started out to be a different purpose.
1: Well, it's a great personal branding tool for yourself. And the other thing that I wanted to mention is the, the strength behind the charity events, um, the nonprofit arena that you've built, that you're able to cast such a wide net in an arena like that. But all things being equal, someone will choose an agent, uh, you know, business, uh, relationship based on what they do from a mission standpoint, what they do to affect nonprofits, to affect those in needs. Again, all things being equal. So think about that as you're developing an integrated pr- plan out there. What can you do to positive? Positively affect and differentiate yourself from the competition in the nonprofit arena. That programming of uh, nonprofit services is something that becomes very, very important. Now, we as entrepreneurs and business leaders face challenges sometimes every other minute. It could be every other hour. It could be every other day. It could be monthly, weekly, whatever. Nonetheless, our, our worlds are, are faced uh, with challenges. Can you tell us about a time or a situation that could have devastated or even ruined the organization, a situation that you persisted in, you made the tough decisions and you triumphed and you've taken that once painful, horrible situation and applied it to the lessons learned today?
0: Well, the most significant disruption or crisis, if you will, which is you know an opportunity at the same time, is that my business partner passed away in 2008 the same month as the financial markets crashed
1: oh my gosh
0: yes and we you know she had been ill and we had done a transition plan and all of that but it just is really all the planning you could do in advance doesn't prepare you no. for losing somebody significant a mentor in your life and and at the same time as having such a major crisis in the financial and real estate industry so a lot of things uh, recognized quickly that had worked for her in her in the building of the business up till that point, predominantly print was a high expense relative to what the return we were seeing. And so uh, the biggest change I made right away was what we call in our industry, red light, green light. And that mm-hmm. is, you know, holding accountable the expenses to m- be in line with the revenue stream. Right. So made some Decisions. They also made some people decisions, and then moved the company to um, more a more firm that that was nationally based as opposed to locally based to capture the opportunity of of that 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 afforded. And then on the positive direction, in 2009, brought on a business partner. Realized operating as a sole practitioner was. Not my highest and best use. I I work better as a team, and and brought on a Lizzie Conroy, who's been my business partner since two thousand and nine, and we've rebuilt the business since that time, and have taken it to new levels. And so those practices that we put into place, though, are you know instrumental in our ongoing success because people learn, you know, and, and when. Those lessons learned, the feel-forward for lessons, if you right. will, you know, are, are the ones that you never forget. And our industry is, and the markets are constantly changing. I mean, people know the real the stock market changes all the time, but they don't think about how often the real estate market fluctuates. And we you know, have the natural cycle of the, the calendar year, but then we also are in the Washington, D.C. metro area, so we're <laughs> impacted by a lot of things, you know, and so... Being responsive to that is what I believe we learned the best and how to look for signs. not that anybody has the crystal ball, but we we do know how to be those, more prepared.
1: Yeah, those key indicators, um, if you understand the the positive or negative effect of them, they can help you pivot more quickly. There's no doubt about it. Now, what one strategy or process have you implemented that if CEOs and their teams could consistently apply, each and every day would result in big wins for them. Aside, well, I, aside from reading your book for five minutes uh, every day.
0: <laughs> well, I do think that there's power in investing time in, again, personal business development. I am a Miracle Morning fan. Uh, Hal Elrod, you start mm-hmm. your day, you start it off right. He has endorsed my book as part of the, the Miracle Morning program. And whatever it is that inspires and informs you, I would recommend that because. I think that that has the opportunity to impact and influence your entire day, right? Absolutely. And as the day goes, you know, is how, you know, a week goes is how a, life goes. So that's what I, along with being a lifelong learner, which is part of that.
1: I love the whole lifelong, lifetime learning concept. My father said to me very early on in our business here that I I called him an expert. We got done with a meeting and um, we were finished and I said, my gosh, you're, you're amazing. You truly are an expert. And he looked at me and he said, Lori, I don't believe in the term expert because we are always learning. So I said, okay, your expertise is phenomenal. (laughs) So it was a great moment that I remember with him so well. Now, define success. Is there a moment in time that you feel like, okay, I've made it? Or is it something that you always are looking forward to?
0: I think that there, I, I actually had an opportunity recently to go back to my undergrad college and teach a class and speak to the students and I'm on the other side of the you know 50 and they're obviously starting at the beginning of their journey (laughs) and and I'm like I feel like I just began I have so many ideas and things to do and so I I think success is is um, ongoing but I have this one a proverb if you will and this came out of I, an event at with the Hal Rod group Quantum Lake mastermind and we did this exercise where we each came up with a proverb and I'm sure you've heard about the pebble that causes a ripple and people focus on the ripple right I said I said well I want to be the pebble oh I want to be the pebble I that love caused- that
1: yeah, that's fantastic. Well, and you're going to get there. There's no doubt about it. What do you want to be known for?
0: Well, I think that the the contribution back and the significance that, you know, if I can do it, you can too.
1: That's fantastic. Karen Briscoe, thank you so much for appearing on the Integrate and Ignite podcast today. Remember, successful thinking activities and vision lead to the ability to grow and prosper your business. Thank you.
0: This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to com for show notes and more aha
1: moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.